Hello and welcome to another episode of Go Fox Yourself for what is none other than the Go Fox Yourself Marathon of Christmas, where I am just festively offensive as always to bring you my critiques on just about any Christmas movie, primarily the horrors, and entertain you with them. Now, today's movie that I intend to critique for you is none other than It's a Wonderful Life. One, obviously, it's a Christmas classic, and two, life sucks, so why the fuck not? Aside from that, most of you are probably asking why a Christmas classic like It's a Wonderful Life. Folks, I intend to show you exactly how truly horrifying this movie really was. And in doing so, I intend to bring it to you with that horror je ne sais quoi. Whatever the fuck that even means. Now, to begin this critique, to give the setting of what I am talking about here, obviously this movie stars Jimmy Stewart, who lives, or this movie takes place, if you will, within the confines of Go Fuck Yourself America, Bedford Falls. So we have George Bailey. He's a single guy that grows up in Bedford Falls who wants to go to college and see the world. Instead, he meets a girl, Mary, who shortly after making a wish with her, he finds out his father had died. And instead of going to college, he feels obligated through communal guilt communal guilt folks to give up on his dreams and goals and take over in his father's place at Bailey's and Brothers while sending his little brother off to college in his place after years of saving up. Now when his brother comes back from college he is still thinking of leaving Bedford Falls but upon Harry's return he finds out he's engaged to Ruth. A girl we can care less for. But that's basically where this all kind of plays into effect. And her father offered him a great job leaving George, still feeling obligated to run Bailey and Brothers. He then goes to Mary's, even though he still insists he will not marry her. And it is then that he realizes that he loves Mary Hatch. But does he really? This is where we start to see the true horror in line, the plot of this horrifying movie, folks. Yes, it comes across as a Christmas classic, but it is truly horrifying, more so than you can possibly imagine. And once you see it, you will never unsee it. Mind you, I will warn for those of you who have not seen this movie, and you know who you are, there are spoilers. Now, as time goes on, he tries to keep his father's business afloat against that evil, naughty man banker, Mr. Potter, while also financially taking care of his family, like the strong man he is, which includes Mary. I swear to God, that evil witch cast a spell on him, and I will get to that. Now, as time goes on, his brother is now returning from war as a hero. And this is something to consider because he wanted to join the war effort, 
but was denied by the military due to the loss of hearing he sustained in his left ear when trying to save his little stupid brother from drowning in a fucking icy pond. In other words, folks, he suffered an injury because of his brother, which denied him the chance to fight for God and country and sacrificed years of saving money for his education and a chance to see the world just to be stuck in Bedford Falls as a broken man, to watch his brother do everything he wanted and to do and live the life he wanted, to live and see his brother return the town hero. I mean, folks, this is fucked up. Proof that no good deed ever goes unpunished. So, Uncle Billy goes to make a deposit to the bank for Bailey and Brothers and inadvertently places the money in Mr. Potter's paper and being the evil naughty man banker he is, takes the money knowing George will be ruined. Now, to most of us, this is where we see Mr. Potter really become the villain. But the truth is, the villain has been in front of our nose the entire time. And no, it's not Harry. Harry's just a catalyst, folks. In fact, even Mr. Potter, Mr. Potter really isn't the villain. But in reality to this story, he turns out to be more of the fall guy. Now see, back when George and Mary were making a wish, he told her he wished he was to go to college and see the world. Mary, on the other hand, doesn't tell George a fucking thing about her wish. And I will get to this. Trust me. Just hold on. So as George faces possible ruin in prison over $8,000 that he lost because of his Uncle Billy, his shit, and decides it's time to take a cold swim. After all, he's been wanting to leave Bedford Falls for quite some time now, and after giving up on his dreams, ambitions, goals, and living a life he didn't even want to live in the first place, this seems like the only way out. But no, just as he's about to go for that cold plunge and end his misery, he's interrupted by some fucktard by the name of Clarence Oddbody, his guardian angel, which, by the way, has done a horrible job to this point. If you look at all the bullshit this guy has had to endure while watching everybody else prosper in his place. Either way. It's almost like divine intervention that he shows up at the exact moment George tells Clarence he wishes he was never born. So Clarence shows him exactly what Bedford Falls would be like if he was never born. Mind you, he doesn't show George what Bedford Falls would have been like had he stayed with his dreams and goals. He sees what Bedford Falls would be like had Mr. Potter financially ran Bedford Falls, which is now Pottersville. Mr. Gower, who George Bailey worked for and knew quite well for a little bit before taking over Bailey Brothers, Mr. Gower is in prison for poisoning a child by accident because George didn't stop him from filling the boy's prescription with arsenic by accident. Yeah. So far, some pretty fucked up shit. 
So then Harry is dead because George wasn't there to save him from drowning. And if the truth didn't hurt more than seeing how rude and two-faced the people of Bedford Falls were like, it was seeing Mary Hatch as an unmarried, two-faced, bitter librarian, which was icing on the cake, folks. Now, don't get me wrong. I have my fantasies about a librarian just like the next guy, but with an attitude like that, you can bet I'm not hard for the charge about the yell, This is Sparta! I'll probably need at least a bottle of Fix-A-Flat just to even get started. Now, remember, remember how I said the villain isn't Mr. Potter? Well, wouldn't you know it. Mary's wish was to keep poor George Bailey in Bedford Falls all to herself. That selfish bitch. And, just like Divine Intervention... One thing would lead to another which eventually brought poor George to being nothing more than a depressed, miserable, broken man who gave up on his dreams and goals out of guilt and misplaced obligation to where the moment came he saw everything for what it truly was he wanted to end it all. But just like divine intervention again, along comes Clarence to stop him from ending his misery of being stuck in Bedford Falls. The thing he wanted to do, which was leave Bedford Falls, is it because of divine selflessness? Of course it isn't. In exchange for convincing George of his fate to being stuck in Bedford Falls, at the side of a woman who started it all, folks, he gets his wings. Clarence Oddbody gets rewarded for convincing George to endure further punishment. Now, and just like divine intervention again, like some miracle straight out of Santa's huge red ass, Mary is able to convince the town to come up with the $8,000 to keep George from escaping Bedford Falls, including Mary, by being sent to prison. You see where I'm going with this? Hence, George is still stuck in the same prison that drove him to depression starting back in the story when his father died. Mind you, Mary's wish is probably what killed George's father in the first fucking place and started the whole chain of events just so she could eventually keep him to herself. <clears throat> now, Overall, I personally find this movie based on the Philip Van Doren Stern's The Greatest Gift, which was in 1939, to be a horrific, uh, a horrific story of, well, witchcraft and manipulation, as well as a tragedy of what happens when you give up on your dreams and goals. Even the ending was depressing to see poor George smile in fucking terror as he's surrounded by all these people that he now knows are nothing like how they portray themselves to be, and yet this is his life. This is his wonderful life, which, as I said in the beginning, folks, life fucking sucks. So then, to hear his daughter, Zuzu, say, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. First off, who the fuck names their child Zuzu without expecting the child to be ridiculed and beat up. That's not only child neglect, that's 
fucking cruel. Second of all, how does she know when an angel gets its goddamn wings unless she's in on it too? He should rip her head off before her serpent tongue enchants some poor bastard like Mary enchanted him. And that's what I got to say today, folks. That's all I got to say. This movie is truly horrifying. When you actually look down and see from George's perspective on what everybody else in this fucking town is really like, which is why I say it for Bedford Falls. It's located somewhere out in the middle of God, go fuck yourself, America. And I hope you enjoyed today's rant. If you have any requests, remember to leave them on my Facebook page. You know where to find me. You all know where to find me because you love me. And if you love me, please hit that subscribe button. So this is me signing out for today with the first installment of Go Fox Yourself Marathon. Go Fox Yourself. <laughs>